shoulder to somebody just, you know, you going through a hard time and somebody pats you on the shoulder and says, oh, it's going to get better. But God has much more in mind when he talks about comfort. Um, comfort really is is um, a spiritual force uh, that comes from God that tends to overwhelm and overshadow anything that is not like it. So uh, God has the ability to come in with great force and great power and limit because that's his promise to us. Amen. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and then all of the covenant promises can come your way. You can claim them. You can read your Bible and say, God, I really need that. Can you let me have that or, or give me understanding of how to get those things in my life? Never go through life uh, with cares, uh, stresses, worries, uh, things of that nature because, um, and this is something you kind of have to train yourself to do because the devil will make you feel guilty for not worrying about stuff. You know, I've heard people say that. What am I going to worry about then? Uh, why don't you try having some fun? <laughs> that is allowed. Huh? That is better than worry. Hello? Amen. Uh, you know, and, and so I remember, listen, I was a psych patient. Hey, you know, I still got, you see this, uh, uh, clear, no, it's light here. That's from, that's from my bracelet. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. But you know what I'm talking about. Listen, I've been there. And, and But God healed me and taught me how to stay healed. So that's, yeah, man. See, that's our job, to learn God's ways so we can stay healed. You know, we can claim healing from because it's a Bible promise and it's been paid for. But there is a, a work that you have to do to stay in the healing mode, you know, stay in that healing realm and, and not let the devil knock you out of it, you know. He'll start messing with your head about little things. Uh, you know, you can have too many flies in the kitchen and start thinking weird, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anything will bug you. He can mess your head up with anything. And so God taught me how to stay in perfect peace. Amen? And he, he taught me how to live in joy. You know, there's hardly anything that bugs me for too long. I remember when when we were new in the ministry and I was always concerned about, we had so much, it seemed like we had to move people from city to city and you had to make sure vehicles were running and I knew it was God that had us do it. I mean, I don't, you don't just wake up one morning and say, I think I get a bunch of Christians and get some buses and start running. <laughs> You just don't do stuff like that. Well, some people do, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, you just don't come to you. Everybody else who's a minister goes down the street or somewhere local on Sunday and does their meeting go home. I got to phone myself on Friday and don't come home until Sunday. You understand? I phone myself up in a suitcase. <laughs> you know, I don't fall so easy no more. You know, it gets to you after a while. But I remember stressing about... Oh, these vehicles are old. Well, they were always old, you know, used. or Many of them were in really good condition, like our big bus was in excellent condition when we got it. But over the years, it started to get older and everything. And here comes 
a, a, a bill and a, a care and a, a worry and a fear. And and so I remember talking to God about that one time. I think it was when we had our motorhomes. Everybody, the motorhomes you get in there, ride. <laughs> I think they were the kind that had the bed over the driver's seat. Tony would get up there. No, Tony wanted to drive, and Mac wanted to drive. So Mac would get in the bed up there and pick at Tony and hit him in the head and stuff like that. It was just crazy for a minute. But but they ran, and I remember it broke down on us one time. We were at a conference. We had it packed. We would take the back of it and pack it full of equipment. And um, I remember telling the Lord, I said, God, I don't know what I'm about to He said, don't you know I can fix more stuff than the devil can tear up? And I I told Howard and Tony, they were looking at me. I said, let's do this. And so that's always been my word. When something breaks down, get it fixed. Put it in there. I don't care. We're not worried about the cost. It'll be paid for, but let's do this. And quit whining about it and quit carrying on about it because our Father can fix more than the devil can break down. Amen. And and so that's always been my <clears throat> word from God, word of wisdom from him to, to put you at peace. And from that day forward, I didn't pick up, I don't pick up worries about those things anymore. You know, I just refuse because God straightened me out about that. You know, God jacked you up one time real good and you get straight. You understand what I'm saying? So you don't have to worry about what to do about this. And he has an answer for you at all times. And his answer will always give you peace. He won't tell you to do something and then you pick up worry again. See, once he speaks to you, huh? Listen, if that Pharaoh, we, remember when Joseph was, was, uh, the Pharaoh was worried all night long, he had some dreams, and none of his boys that he relied on could interpret it for him. You got me? Your pet preacher, your pet, you know how y'all do. You get in trouble instead of calling Pastor Barb, cause you know I'll jack you up in the Lord. Woo! Everybody quiet. See? Uh-huh. That ain't funny, is it? Oh, that ain't funny. That ain't funny. See, you can call somebody's prayer line and tell them anything and they'll believe it. Well, you know, I just, I've been doing everything right. I don't know where I messed up. I tithe. I go to church. I worship. I praise. I do everything God tells me to do. I don't know what's going wrong in my life. Could you pray for me? Huh? See, you know, you can't run that from me. You can't come in here giving me no fish story. You understand what I'm saying? When people know you, they know how to pray for you. That's your best out is to go to somebody that knows you. <laughs> huh? Plead the fifth, plead the blood, confess whatever you need to do, but let's get it straight. Amen? But you know, people do all that old crazy stuff. Go somewhere nobody knows them to see if they can slip a prayer request in and get an easy answer from God. Well, there's no easy answers from God. But I tell you one thing, if you're disturbed, God will give you an answer of peace. He will, he promises that. He, he gave that to Pharaoh and Pharaoh didn't even serve him. Huh? He had one of God's kids down down in his jail. And God helped him. Now listen, if he can do that for a heathen, he can do that for you. He can do that for one of his kids. That was the first thing Joseph told him, the Pharaoh. He said, well, you know, this, this ain't my gift necessarily. You know, God, if God helps me, you know, he'll give it to me. But... 
Joseph, Joseph had to come down a couple of pegs, you know. He was he was styling and profiling with that little coat his daddy made him in front of his brothers. They took their coat off, whooped him with it, and threw him in the pit. Huh? When he got out the pit finally, he was a whole different kind of person. You know, it ain't in me, this ain't my gift. I ain't nobody. I just been down in that dungeon for all these years. Huh? That's the way you do it. That is the way you do it. You stay humble before God and he'll speak to you. He'll help you. He'll talk to you. And he'll help you to help other people. Amen. And that's what Joseph did. But he told Pharaoh, he said, whatever I give you, it's going to stop that worrying that's all over you. And sometimes that's all people need to know about God. That he will give you peace. He will stop that worrying. That stuff will extinguish. I can remember times I would just, you know, sometimes just sit nervously thinking because, you know, my brain was idle a lot of times. And I would sit there and, and like now I think to myself, what was wrong with me? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't even pick up worry when God gives you his peace. Not your little fake stuff that you try to conjure up, you know, call your girlfriend and get her, give you an answer or get her advice or something like We ain't talking about that. We're talking about the supernatural peace of God. Amen. And that's what he comforts us with. He's not patting us on the back saying, well, you did everything right. Now, don't worry. It's going to get better. Uh -uh. He will impart to you his own spirit. Peace is God. Amen. Peace is the Holy Spirit. Peace is the essence of God. And he will impart that to you. You take that with you. You stay in that place. Where God has you. So in Ezekiel 37 and verse 26, he says, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them. So there's your increase and your upgrade right there. And I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they will be my people. And the heathen will know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Now he's talking about the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of man ultimately. With Israel, it was a natural tabernacle set out in the wilderness and, and then moved to the city of Jerusalem. God had them move and he followed them everywhere they went and he led them everywhere they went. So God was all over them. And he was there to comfort them with his peace. So if he has a covenant of peace with us, he promises this to us. In other words, there is nothing that will be overwhelming to you ever in your life I'll work it out and it's all good. You got me? Whatever it is. And it, it's not, he's not talking about taking forever to do these things. You know, I know we all quote Romans 8, 28. We know all things work together for the good of the yada, yada, yada. But, but he's talking about it's working right now in you. And it's good right now. You understand what I'm saying? You can look at any situation and know he's working on it all the time and it's all good. You understand? I don't care if what, what disaster happens, who did what to whom or who hurt who or who neglected who. I didn't have my 20 hugs a day when I was growing up. Who did? My mama had four kids. She had time to hug everybody 20 times a day. You got me? 
So, you know, you just, hey, you got fed, you got clothed, you got loved, you got you got understand that you was okay. You understand? Somehow you knew you were okay. But but God wants to do much more for us than that. He wants to go over and above. See what your parent, what you feel your parents failed to do. Let me put it this way, because most people exaggerate. You know, they want to blame parents for everything, especially when you get grown and you should be correcting yourself. Then you want to drop. Well, see, this is why I don't pick up my clothes regular. Like <laughs> your mom would whip you enough and make you pick them up. That's why you don't pick them up. I know the answer to that. Huh? She got tired. You you wore her out. You wanted them wear out kids. Huh? Y'all know the ones you have to tell them 15 times and they move an inch. If they move at all. And pretty soon you say, well, I'm just not going to get I don't feel like it today. You understand me? And so God is not like that. Amen. He provides the correction we need. He provides everything that we need. If there's something lacking in you, God's going to teach you after you get grown. He don't care how grown you get in his house. He was always teaching his children, and he's always helping us because he wants us to live the abundant life. He wants us to live the life of peace. So his plan is that we remain undisturbed because that's what's best for us. Do you know if you're nervous and, and worried and all that, God really can't talk to you? Because you won't know his voice from your little nervous twitching going on in your head. So so he gives you peace first and then he will come to you. And then he will speak to you. But he's got to get you sat down and simmered down before you can even understand that he's talking to you. The Bible says that peace is your umpire. Amen. In other words, when when life starts throwing things at you, uh, peace, you let peace be the one who calls, calls what's going on in your life. Amen. He regulates your life. So peace is there to to determine uh, how how deep your trouble is, to determine when your answer is coming. So he kind of guards over your soul all the time like an umpire does. Amen. He may he calls the shots, he lets you know if it's foul, if it's good, if it's if it's you know it to stop or to go. He regulates everything uh with peace. So whatever he tells you, you're gonna be feel peaceful about it. You know? Um, I can remember, I remember hearing a story, a testimony that I had heard from Brother uh, Hagen for many, many times. I think I've shared this before. And, and I was listening to it in my car and it, I got a witness in my spirit and I knew he was talking about my husband. But that didn't stop me from praying for my husband to be healed because he wanted to be healed. You understand what I'm saying? But it gave me peace. And when he did pass away, I was not really that disturbed about it because God had already prepared me. It was like something goes through your spirit like a flash and it's and it registers. And it's not for right now. But when it is for that time, it'll come back to you and you will understand. You know what? God did prepare me for this. Amen. It's better to be prepared because let's folks, people die. We all don't die. You understand that? But God has a way of making it so that it's not devastating to us. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I was pretty ticked off that I, you know, I made plans with this man. Get off of him. 
Boom in the name of Jesus. Nothing's working. Because I already, you know, you, you know. When God tells you, you know. But I had, I was not disturbed in my composure about it. I was not deeply moved, you know. You just, you just understand things in God. He doesn't want life to overwhelm us. But he will help us to live a fulfilled life. See, you think, oh, the worst thing in the world is for your husband to die. You think you'll just curl up in a ball. Well, I curled up for a little bit and God said, if you don't get up out of there, the devil's going. Because he's after you. See, that has always been my life. Is outrunning the devil, outrunning, <laughs> hitting the hand, no, that kind of stuff. It, that's just been my life. And so when when he told me that, that moved me. See, I got up and I shook it off. I said, God, I don't know what you're going to do to help me, but you got to do something here. Because I'm not liking this. I don't like where I'm at. I don't like that I got people who are depending upon me in the ministry and I want to go somewhere. All of that. You got You just, but he gives you peace. I wasn't upset and disturbed. I wasn't going to run away anywhere. I wasn't going to do any of that. I had peace. And and even though I felt like I had cement blocks on my feet, I kept moving. You understand what I'm saying? So you move until it gets lighter. <laughs> the other 30 pounds too much is also a factor. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we ain't talking about that right now. <laughs> talking about feelings, you know. But uh, you just do. You know, you get up, you take the first step. And he's with you. And that's peace. You got me. Your first step is always a step of peace. So he has a covenant. That means a promise of peace. That means that when he speaks, his message is always going to bring you. That's how you know he's talking to you. Because the devil's always pushing and prodding and pushing and prodding, trying to push you up to do something. You know, to oh, you, you better get him to do this or something bad's going to happen to you. You know that kind of stuff. Disturbing you. And so that, you know, they got laws against disturbing the peace. And you can see why. Amen. Because we need that in our lives. So he rules in our peace. If we hold on to peace in him, he can rule our lives much, much better. His plan for us is that we remain undisturbed. He doesn't ever want you disturbed by anybody or anything. Satan is a peace disturber and a disruptor. You come in with bad news and it's nothing but a lie. Tells the biggest lies sometimes. And he's also a deceiver. So he plots against us to steal our peace. Now what are you going to do with it? I don't know. But he's just a thief anyway. You ever see some people just steal anything? They don't care if it's valuable. They just got to put their hands on something and take it because it's there, I guess. You know. We had a bunch of kids in our neighborhood when I was little. It's just always some rough people. And um, they they lived, you know, we lived in an apartment. You know, they were like uh, up and down, you know, flat on one one level, flat on another level. And we all, we kids knew each other. We played together. Parents knew each other. And then it was some other kids. That lived around the corner on another street somewhere. They would, you, you know, they come and interact every now and then. We didn't know them too well. And the one girl came in one time and, and, uh, you know, spent some time with us. She was like there half the day. And my mother was kind of watching her a little bit. And then after she left, my mother had, she would keep money like, you know how people do. They keep it under a, 
uh, lamp or something on the table and the money was missing. And so my mother told me to go get the girl and bring her over and she asked her about the money. And so after she left, my mother said, she said, don't, you don't bring her in here no more. He said, she, my mother said, she your age and she lied to me like a grown woman about the money. <laughs> Them grown woman devils and them little kids. You understand what I'm saying? Because they live rough. She lived in a house where people played cards, stole each other's money. I'm talking about family members. Gambling, taking, you done took all your money, money, your sister's money, playing craps and playing cards all weekend. weekend. She don't have no money to feed her kids. And you sitting up with all her money. Them kind of people. You understand what I'm saying? Them treacherous people. They'll laugh at you taking your money and got it in their favorite pocket and you ain't got nothing to eat. See? The devil is treacherous, folks. He'll do anything. Family members stealing from it. We support each other as family. If my sister is hungry, she ain't never been hungry. They ain't going to be hungry as long as I ain't hungry. You understand what I'm saying? Them people got treachery in them. All y'all know some people like that. Don't sit out there and try to act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, whatever, huh? <laughs> Everybody got an uncle that'll end the game. Because you don't know if he packing or not, right? <laughs> he pull his gun out, sit it on the table, everybody go home then, you know, the game is over. <laughs> when you sick of, you sick of company, you let invite him on in, huh? But the devil is a peace disturber. His day ain't made until he can upset somebody. You understand me? So that's why God commands his peace toward us. He makes his peace come toward us at all times. So we're never without the peace of God and his undisturbed composure. So his plan for us, that we remain undisturbed. That's God's plan. If something is disturbing you, you can call on him. And he will answer you and he will show you great and mighty things that you have not seen before. The thing that 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 reason that most of us have some kind of difficulty and struggle is because we have not seen what God has for us yet. He's waiting to reveal things to us. He's waiting to show us what he can do for us. He likes that. He likes it when we call upon him. Amen. He you know, in in the. King Hezekiah was, was, you know, told he was going to die. A prophet came in, into his, into his chamber and said by the word of the Lord, he said, get your affairs in order because you will surely die and not live. And Hezekiah, the Bible said, turned his face to the wall and he began to talk to God and he began to pray. And he said, God, you know what? You know, basically what he told God, he says, you can't let me die. I got more to do. Just that simple. I mean, God is a reasonable God sometimes. You put it to him, I don't know what all else he said to him. But by the time the prophet got out the, out the gate, the courtyard to the, the palace, out that gate, God had spoken to again and told him, turn around and tell him I'll give him 15 more years. Just that quick. See, it don't take long for God to speak to you and tell you what really belongs to you if you will be honest with him and tell him what you want. Hezekiah said, you know, God, listen, I'm the king. You've been trusting me. Remember the stuff I did back in the day? Remember I did this? I'm going to do some more. And God said, okay. <laughs> huh? 
Sometimes that's repentance, honey. Sometimes that's all we need to do is to get back where we're supposed to be. And so God gave him, and I mean it didn't take him long to change his mind about God give you a death sentence and then you get in God's face, you must know him. See? Hezekiah knew something about God. You know, when you serve God, you take notes and help yourself. If you're smart. (laughs) Say, I don't want to put this one down. This one, book it, Dano. He put this one down in the books. Yeah. So what is peace, okay? What is peace? John 14, let me turn there because I put it down there for a reason. In John 14, 27. This is Jesus speaking, and he gives it away in verse 26. He says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. So when you call on the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one who answers that call. Amen. And he says, he shall teach you all things. He will teach you all things. Learn how to adopt the Holy Spirit as your teacher. Amen. He will teach you all things. And he says, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. That's your scripture for, that's your anti-Alzheimer's, your anti-dementia, your anti. Right now I got a missing curling iron somewhere in my house. I know the dog ain't got it cause she, you know what I'm saying? But, but God will show me where it is. Now how you lose a curling iron? Huh? Tell me that. But anyway, it's missing. So, you know, I could, I said, oh God, well, no, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm getting, I had just had another birthday. What's my problem? I can't remember where, oh no, nobody loses their curling iron. You know, whatever. But, uh, I'm, I'm gonna chill. You understand me? Because the Holy Spirit said he'll bring to my remembrance all things. You don't think he cares about a missing curling iron? He cares about your toenail clippings when they miss it. You understand me if you want them. He keeps up with everything. And he doesn't care to, what the small large, he don't judge. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? The, the larger, small, just request. Ask in faith. He'll find it for you. And he says, the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So the words of Jesus are reiterated by the Holy Spirit. When you read your Bible, the Holy Spirit is the one who recalls to your mind those scriptures that you need. He said, peace I leave with you. Now that's a spirit, folks. If it's real, it's living, it's spiritual, but it's the life of the Spirit of God. So peace is a part of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not like the world gives it. Pat you on the back, tell you, it's going to get better. Oh, don't cry. It's, it's, you know, everything going to get better. huh? He says, that ain't like what he'll do for you. This is totally, totally different. This is a supernatural. One translation says it's undisturbed composure. Undisturbed composure. It says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so when Jesus tells you that, 
he knows that he can fulfill that in your life. See, if you're troubled about something, you're not either having asked for it or you're not allowing the peace of God to stay in your life once. Because when he says he'll give it to you, he does. What we do sometimes is we force ourselves over back into the carnal mindset, back into worry, or we fight it. Some people fight the peace of God when it comes to, well, if I don't worry about it, who will? You'll get mad if people try to calm you down. Them old demons in there rile up and... You know the cat fight is on. Huh? Best thing you do, you got some people gonna fight you on, on whether or not they want to stay peaceful. Just get in your prayer closet and bind that thing. Amen. And make that thing shut up and quit harassing them and leave them alone in Jesus' name. And and don't don't sit there and strive with somebody. You know, God wants you to be better, God's gonna do this, and they argue back with you. Huh? But we don't go there, huh? Let demons just come and take over and talk all day long. You know what I'm saying? They, they keep you entertained with their nonsense. So let's not go there. You don't even have to get in their face with it. Just go back in the corner somewhere and then look, devil, I told you, you don't talk to me. No, no, no. And mean it. I mean, you make them shut up. They have to obey you. God says so. You don't take no stuff from them. <laughs> oh, no. No way. I know people, you know, deliverance ministry. Yeah, we got the bags out. And I said, no, nah, we ain't getting no bags out nowhere. No, no, we ain't putting on. This ain't no circus up in here. <laughs> Devil, you you ain't manifesting. You're going to be dignified. You're going to sit there quietly through the whole service <laughs> and behave yourself. You got me? Let people tear up your place and. Somebody came in here. I don't know. They only came one time. And guy was saying, well, I feel the demon in me. I said, really? I said, well, I'm going to make him come out. And then he said, I still feel him. And I said, what's he doing? He said, "Uh, I'm going to throw up. I said, no, you ain't. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's hard enough to get somebody to come and clean the carpet already. You ain't throwing up in here. He said, okay. <laughs> try something else. You tried a couple other things, but they wasn't working. When God says you have authority, you have authority. You, nobody wants anybody thinking tearing up their place and, you know, the, you know, tear up the church and then the normal people scared or they want to go buy a bag of popcorn and a Coke. And, <laughs> you know, I said, ah, no. We're not having it. We're not having it. So, but you, you gotta know though, the enemy wants to disturb your peace. He wants, he wants in. He wants in in a big way. And so you have to quit fighting the peace of God. You have to quit arguing. Uh, no, you don't understand. This is worse than it's ever been. Yada, 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 yada. Listen, I was suicidal every day for five years. The Holy Spirit kept me. You know, I hear people say, he a keeper. I say, yes, he is. <laughs> Some things you don't know what people talk about. That one I do know. Huh? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, you ain't going to kill yourself. God won't allow it. He won't allow it. Now, you can fight that if you want to, but he won't allow it. 
He's bigger than all that. All your trouble, all your worries, all your problems. Huh? I was married seven years. My husband wanted a divorce. And uh, that's when I had a nervous breakdown. I kept thinking I did something wrong and he wouldn't let me explain that I could do better. You understand what I'm saying? The devil put all kind of crazy ideas in your head. And and so I was thinking about that and, and it drove me to God. It drove me to uh, to seek the Lord. And I would read my Bible every single day. And I was telling the Lord, I said, God, I, said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, you know, my husband hates me. And then he showed me the scripture. It says, uh, a man loves his wife like Christ loves the church. And I said, I thought he hated me. He said, no, that's not true. I said, that brother lying to me. See, that got up and got mad there. That's when you want to get your sisters and your do-rags on your head, go over there and whip a brother. I said, you mean all I needed to do was punch him out real good, one real good time this time? I <laughs> him to behave. Whew. You know, God will put something in you that's bulletproof. That's vampire proof. <laughs> and demon proof. Huh? Amen. I started getting stronger in the Lord. Jan will tell you. I can't hate to keep bugging Jan off. Jan used to have to pray for me to keep me off of him. After I got saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me go beat this brother up. Huh? Say, look, look at me funny. Just look at me. <laughs> Quite a difference, huh? <laughs> I called Jen. I said, Jen, you better do something. She said, bye. You know, she talks so sweet all the time. Girl, now you know you ain't going to go in there. I said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. She got me this bound and everything she could think of. I said, oh, Jen. I'm straight. I'm straight. Get off the phone. You know, you need a good friend sometimes that knows God. It knows the devil. the devil wants to mess your life up. Huh? And and I got used to having the peace of God in my life. I didn't have to retaliate. I didn't have to, you know, do a lot of things you want to do. Huh? People do that all the time. Huh? I ain't the girl you married. I'm different. I say, yeah, I'm real different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been touched by God. Huh? In a real way. Amen? So what is peace, though? Actually, peace... <clears throat> There's Hebrew definitions and there are Greek definitions. The Hebrews are a lot more uh, embellished. They have a lot more facets to them. But peace has a lot more to do with things other than just a feeling, even though it emanates a feeling of calm, and that's part of it. But there's calm for a reason. Why are you peaceful? And so the Hebrew definitions go into what makes for your peace. What things disturb you and what does God do to bring you peace and what areas does he work in so that this peace can be genuine? Peace also means prosperity. It means to do good and to excel. Anybody feel like they're a failure? Huh? We feel like that off and on. You let the devil start whipping your head up long enough. He'll convince you. Huh? 
but but it, it it means that you have within you a knowledge that you're capable of doing well, amen, and excelling in things. You can do excellent things in God. Sometimes people want to borrow other people's gifts and abilities. You do you, but let God get a hold of what you've got so you can excel in it. See, if you excel in things, the devil can't come to you and tell you you're lacking this or you messed up here. Or you can't do this. or You can't do that. You will excel in all things that God gives you to do. And that's peace. See, that'll that'll make you not be disturbed when the devil comes to tell you you can't do certain things or, you know, things people don't like you because. Huh? Well, that's their loss. I'm a very lovable person. <laughs> On the right day, you know. My <laughs> Yesterday was too hot. Huh? You know when your deodorant quits. And you have nowhere to go. You're on a bus with 14 other people. You want to point at somebody else and <laughs> hey, <laughs> but uh, it was one of them days but even on those days you can have peace you know you ain't disturbed at all it means prosperity we said that it says to be whole and be at one you know when the devil gets in your head you're fragmented you know, you're thinking this is wrong, then that's wrong, then this is wrong, and that's wrong, and what about that? And, well, you know, you know, you robbed that bank. That wasn't them people over there. You did all that stuff. And so, you know, they here have you, you know, causing World War III and all that kind of stuff. And so you have to understand that confusion will come into your head if the enemy gets in there, and that fragments your thinking. So poverty thoughts have one piece of your mind. Then you have failure thoughts with another piece of your mind. Then you have, what did I do wrong, God? You know, the religious condemnation, it's always there. That's got another piece of your mind. And so these fragments are disturbing you. Well, God says, I'm making it all whole. Devil, give them back, loose them, let them go, drop what you're trying to take, and you get in one mind, and that's the mind of Christ. So God takes all those fragments, that fragmented thinking, out of your being, and he brings you into one whole thought again. He'll settle it for you. It might take a little bit. Now, I'm not going to say it's instant. Everybody wants instant. You need to work on some stuff. I need to work on some stuff. Show God you're determined to get it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all go take them courses and classes, and oh, i got to get my degree, and... Women's issues. <laughs> you know, it's always something. Now they got all these studies. Listen, I used to learn like biology and, and pharmacology and nursing, and now they got issues studies you can get a degree in. And what's that going to make you do? Just argue all the time? You got issues? A degree, I have a degree in issues. I study issues. You understand what I'm saying? And then people charge you all that money for that. But you go and you get them books and you'll just die if you don't make it to class. Well, you want to really live here? 
You better get you some this book. Because this one don't lie. And it never goes out of print, out of style, out of fashion. It's always current and relevant to everything that goes on in a person's life. So book this, you know. I mean, I ain't, I ain't against learning, but go learn something real, you know. I won't be signing up for a bunch of money for all these. I, I study urban studies. Listen, me too. I grew up in the ghetto. I got a PhD, RFD, XYZ. Huh? FBI, AB, <laughs> P-O-L-I-C-E. I got all them advanced degrees. You know we need to do something real. Cut this foolishness out. But see, we're worried about that. And if we getting a good grade and, yeah. Most of them professors smoking dope and don't care to teach you nothing, don't care what you learn. They gonna have you legalizing what they like pretty soon. That's all they got you there for. Well, anyway. Believe it if you want to. But you know, pray about stuff. Get some God in you. You know, study this. Cause this will take you a long way. Huh? Them degrees go out of style. You know, people lose jobs. Like Tanya was, was working at a newspaper. They don't even print news no more, most places. It's all internet. But God found a way to bring her back and restore her in that. You understand what I'm saying? But, but, you know, if you know something's, you know, kind of a fad thing, don't be putting all your trust in that because people are having to switch gears a lot anymore. Huh? They got a program, the guy, you know, the dirty jobs guy. He said, everybody wants to sit up with a, a, a you know, in a, a office somewhere. He said, there's a lot of jobs out here people can do. But, you know, society has told us that's not good enough anymore. See? It has. Whatever you do, is it's all good. If God puts you there, you're an honest person, and you work and you get paid, just keep at what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And if anything, find out what your gift is. If you feel you're not in your calling and your gift, whatever, talk to God about that, and he'll put you where you want to be. But don't ever feel condemned about what you do. That's a lot to, to shoulder. You know, get up every day and go to a job and hate it and say it's not good enough for you. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing something else. Don't put that burden on yourself. You know, it's nonsense. God is your God. He don't care what you do for a living, you know, as long as you're honest about it. Amen. So so it's impossible, amen, alone to have the peace of God. One must have somebody to calm them, and that's the Holy Spirit. So it's not just a feeling, but it's a feeling that is generated by a person. And that's the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> he has to impart that calm upon us. And this is a force beyond the situation. Amen. So outside, you're, you're sitting in there with your things that concern you. And from outside of your situation comes another force and imposes itself on you and your trouble. And that's the Holy Spirit. He gives you an assurance that you're okay. He lets you know that it's already taken care of. Not it's going to be okay. It is okay. Amen. It's good right now. You can step into that place of good in God anytime you want to. Because the Holy Spirit invites you into that place of peace. So peace is not just a feeling. It's an atmosphere. 
It's a room. It's a place to dwell in. Amen. God's covenant of peace is rest in his tabernacle. And we are the dwelling place of God. He lives inside of us. If you're born again, he lives inside of you. So God is able to bring you that peace. It's a spiritual force and a fruit of the spirit. The Hebrew shalom gives a greater depth to the definition of peace. It means to be well, happy, friendly. Your countenance has a lot to do with your mind. What do you project on your face? Huh? So it, it means to, you know, when you're, when you're in demon mode, if I can use that word, people, I ain't saying everybody got devils, you know, we, you know what we, we know what we talking about, but you can be in a bad mood and what, what that spirit wants to do is isolate you from people. So he will put a, a face on you that says, I bite you if you come close. Amen. Huh? It will. And he does that so he can keep you to himself and make you a total nutcase if you halfway there already. You got me? He makes your world very small. He isolates you off to himself so that he can pound you and talk to you and convince you. You got me? All that kind of stuff. But if, if, if God's peace means that you are friendly, that means that you invite people in. And people coming into your world is very, very important. It's very precious. Because people then have the job in the Christian community, people have the job of exhorting, encouraging, building up. Amen? And helping one another just by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to. See what the devil does. He'll keep you with that long face. And then somebody who's intimidated by that. Because they got another devil riding on them all the time. Will come up to you and say, what's wrong? That's how that game is played. And then that further isolates you. From people who would help you in the Holy Ghost. I can remember when I was a new Christian, I'd, I'd be in the Bible study. I went everywhere God sent me. With some places he didn't send me and then I learned how to pray. Huh? And uh, I can remember people would come up to me and say things like, Sister, you know that time when I was here, I was here about three weeks ago and you said something to me. She said, and that so encouraged me. You don't even remember saying it. Because you're coming in there because you feel like a hockey puck because of what you've been through all week. You understand what I'm saying? And so that encouragement that you gave supernaturally without even effort and thinking about it comes back now to bless you in your time of need. You got me? You see what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost is so good at what he does. You, know? you can't beat him doing stuff. You can't make that kind of stuff up. Huh? He's just good that way. He really, really is. And so, and a lot of times people will, you know how people will say things to encourage you and you never mention it. Because you're not supposed to until he releases it for you to, you know, you're not, you're not the cheerleader of the Bible study. 
Oh, you know, you, you, you always say such good things and you're going to cut it out. You understand what I'm saying? Wait until God releases that because it, it, the Bible talks about a word fitly spoken. It's like apples of gold. And it's very precious. Now we can use a lot of words and say a lot of things that aren't, don't hit the target like they're supposed to. But apples of gold, that's what you want to give out all the time. You want to be a discreet person. So, so, uh, uh, the shalom, uh, word, <clears throat> it means health as well. How can you be happy and you're sick? So it means health and favor. That means favor means you get to the head of the line without sponging. And without giving that look. I'm talking about the Walmart customer service line look. Where we all want to go RoboCop in there. You know, let, let your armor stop and you walk to the front of the line and nobody can stop you. Huh? But, but, you know, favor means that you can wait your turn. It means that there's a timing in God that will get you to, I know I've gotten in, in line and it's like seven people ahead of me and I said, God, please open up another line. I said, I don't, you know, your girl, your girl didn't wear the right shoes today. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know, you, you get them, you get them crunchers on your feet. And you've been walking around with that cart all that time. You need some help, honey. Yeah, in little time, or somebody you'll see a cashier come to the end of the line. Come here, honey. I'm open, honey. Honey, I'm coming. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If he did it once, he'll do it every time you're in there. See, a lot of times we think it's just God is just doing this once in a lifetime. Are you kidding me? He answers prayer all the time. The problem is we don't ask enough. You have not because you ask not. It also means to be safe. You know, when your mind is troubled, you, you don't know what to think. You don't feel safe. You don't feel calm. You just, you know. But, but God's peace will make you feel safe. I mean, for real. You, you'll think fearful and then you say, well, Lord, I don't have anything to fear. What am I going through this for? You know, I know you'll come through for me. Amen. It means to set at one again, not fragmented. Amen. So your mind isn't over here telling you to do this. You know, sometimes you try to think of what am I going to do? You get one answer and then 10 minutes later you get another one. That ain't God. In case you thought it was. <laughs> Newsflash. God has one answer for you. Why would he give you two different things to do? He gives you one answer of peace. Whatever answer you get that gives you peace, you go with that. Now I'm talking a peace that lasts for a season. Not come and go, come and go, come and go. But it'll settle in on you. But you got to quit fighting it. Sometimes we fight the right answer and the peace will leave us. But he will give you one answer and it will settle in. If you quit fighting it, you say, God, if this is you, just let me accept it, please. Let me receive what you have. Because I never would have thought this would have worked in a million years. You know what I mean? It's, it's just that way. We're limited in what we're able to do, what we're able to come up with. Praise God, we're limited, you know. Or we'd be all over the place. God's peace is goodness in every area of life. There is no area of your life that he wants to be not good. 
It wants every area to be good. Sin disturbs our peace. Amen. Offense and lack disturb our peace. All of these forces that come from darkness disturb your peace. It disturbs your well-being. You don't feel well about something. When we're threatened, we can only seek refuge from trouble. God sends the Holy Spirit to bring peace and rest. So the Spirit of God captures you. He captures your attention. He captures your thought life. He will keep working with you until he works that right answer into you. He just will. That's his job. Uh, you can't out-wrestle the Holy Ghost. You just can't do it. Now, you can try and be stubborn. You can try and be, well, I didn't know. All that, you can do all that stuff. But eventually, he will win. It's like a, you know, an arm wrestle thing where you pin that person down and you're able to keep them pinned down. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the agent of peace. He brings only good and perfect things to us. He doesn't bring anything half done, half, you know, it, it's, you have to, we have to quit wanting things so fast. Let me tell you why God gives us peace. Peace lets you know that you're holding on to something real. If it weren't real, he couldn't give you a real peace. You understand what I'm saying? It's like you might want something or you might wish you had it. But until you get in there with God and, and your faith and get that nailed down and receive it from God, you really won't get peace about it. Uh, it and you know that it's God because it won't move. You know, it's in there. It, it's undisturbed. It's there with you all the time. You know, you can go and check in and see if it's still there. You understand? what? Well, it's your possession. So you know that, that you have received from God because his peace abides with you at all times. Now you don't have that thing yet in the natural, but you, you act like you feel like you do. I mean, it's real to you. Amen. So it's all over, but the shouting when you, when you have things with God and you have them by faith and you receive his peace for those things, you can, you know, you, it's yours anyhow. You see? That's when the anyhow comes in. You know, in spite of what the devil's telling me, it's mine anyhow. I'm healed anyhow. Amen. I'm prosperous anyhow. I have peace of mind anyhow. I can do anything anyhow. In spite of what I feel right now. And then let the peace of God come and stay with you and abide with you. Because it will stay with you. It will come a day. We Sometimes we fight it off. Well, God, what about this? You know, you get your peace for a minute. You say, well, what, is the, what about this? What about this? Huh? Let the Holy Ghost jack you up a real one real good time about certain things. You know what I'm saying? Huh? As Jan used to say, well, honey, God straightened me out about that, Bob. And you know, we just, there was no more talk topic of conversation. He didn't got me straight on that. And so, you know, that's what you do. You live with God and He lives with you. You talk to Him. Talk to Him more than you talk to anybody. Amen. It's a good thing. We, people look at you funny, but that's alright. God loves you. And they're gonna have to love you too if they want peace with God. Amen. <laughs> so He only brings us the good and the perfect things. Amen. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. There's no change in him. He won't turn around and give you something bad. 
You don't have to fear God. You know, I know we do sometimes. You're scared what he's going to tell you to do. I know I am. I don't know about nobody else, but you know, I, I skirt around. God, I worship you. I praise you and run out of the, I worship you. I praise you. You know, cause you, <laughs> something is not quite right here. It's unsettled and we don't think we want to know the answer, but you always get peace once you, once you hear it. You know, it might come to your ears, sound a little funny, but you'll be okay. Trust me. You will be all right. The more we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, the greater is our peace. Catherine Kuhlman walked in a power of God that was unbelievable. Not only was God with her in ministry, and this is something that preachers fail to recognize sometimes, that same presence of God wants to be with you all times. See, even in your quiet time, your time away, we kind of get to be pulpit junkies sometimes because you know God will show up if you get up there to preach or whatever you do for him. And and so we kind of try to live off that. But there is a presence of God that abides with you that he wants that needs to nourish and feed your spirit at all times. And, And she walked in that. Um, when she got ready for, uh, uh, now she walked in the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and she was able to, uh, you know, just be like a normal person, uh, have companionship and friends and all that, go to dinner with somebody. But when the anointing would come upon her, it was a very dramatic thing. And, uh, many times she would, you know, she was in a public meeting place, they would have her walk through the kitchen if she, you know, she couldn't go out in the big door in a big way, so they would take her through a private entry. They have that a lot in hotels because we've been in hotels, had our meetings. You had to go through the kitchen, that little alleyway back there, to get into the back of the meeting room so you didn't have to go through a bunch of people. And you, she never knew when the anointing would fall upon her. And it was sometimes the Holy Spirit would just grab her when she was going through the kitchen and all the waiters would fall on the floor. You know, she'd be the only one standing up just making, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's my best friend, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so um, when she called him friend, he showed up. You got me? I mean, we need to be friends with God, folks. Don't be scared of him showing up. You ain't going to fall. You'll be all right. If you fall, you get up again. Amen. It's good to fall in the power of God. So, praise God. Psalm 85. I'll give you a few scriptures here. We're still talking about his peace, his shalom. That that word for peace also means to be made whole. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing stolen from you. Whatever the devil stole, he's got to give it back. Your peace. And peace holds you in a place of contentment. While God's going finding your stuff for you. You got me? Bringing it back to you. It does. Psalm 85. I mean, you're not worried about nothing. You say, hey, I lost, lost something recently. It's very valuable, but I'm not going to trip over it. And I say, God, you know, you know, get me my stuff back. <laughs> you know, the devil, the longer you keep it, the longer you're going to have to pay me for it. Keep holding it and see what you get. Psalm 8510, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other, which means that our covenant is a mixture of righteousness and peace. 
So righteousness automatically brings peace with it. They have a covenant together. So that kiss means that uh, any that that was a covenant symbol back in the day. You you know if you cut a covenant with somebody, you know how people if you see Middle Eastern people, even European people, especially Eastern European people, when they meet, it's kiss kiss. You know um, you know they just just do that, and that's a covenant means I'm friends with you. You can trust me. And see, you need that from some people because so many enemies. In some of these countries, you know, somebody will throw a bomb at you or do anything to you. So, and they're serious about that. When you meet somebody and they, and even in the Bible, it, Paul told them to greet the brethren with a holy kiss. That covenant kiss idea. I don't want nobody throwing nobody, laying nobody back and carrying on. Like, come on now. That ain't holy. Right, Poppy? Yeah, so we, Lay you out in the church. No, we ain't going there, okay? Holy kiss, you know, just hug or something like that. <laughs> With, you know, keep it clean, folks. So, uh, but, um, righteousness and peace are in covenant with one another. So whenever there is the righteousness of God in your life, that brings you peace. Peace always follows it. So they have a covenant to stay in agreement with one another. Ecclesiastes 3, it says there's a time and a season for every purpose under heaven, a time for war and a time for peace. There is a time when war is will cease internally inside of you. And that's when Jesus comes into your heart. This is your time of peace. Your time for war has ended. So you can have peace about yourself, about how you feel about yourself, about other people. Peace always overrides strife, conflict, and arguing. It's bigger than that. Any any force that comes from the Holy Spirit or comes from God or God's kingdom is greater than anything from darkness. Darkness makes a lot of noise, and it tries to pretend like it's got a lot of stuff, but it, it is not greater. It, it has to make that noise because it is powerless. So anytime, you, you ever see, remember the bully in school? You ever catch one of them by themselves somewhere? <laughs> hey! <laughs> Do rag! <laughs> right! It, it, because they, and they'll be try to be nice to you or talking and, and worm their way out of getting that whooping that you owe them, right? And that's the way the devil is. He always makes he always makes a bunch of noise, makes a big deal about things like it's a big emergency and all this kind of stuff. There's no emergencies in God's kingdom, folks. He knows everything that's going on. He's already made provision for it, so it's not news to him. Uh, he's taken care of it already. Isaiah 26.3, it says, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts in me. Yeah, just, just keep in mind that God will help you. God is here for you. You know, if you have a scripture that you're holding on to, keep meditating on that. Because God will show up in his word. He will make it real to you. He will definitely make it real to you. You know, there are times where you have to confess that you're healed. I'm healed anyhow, you know, and until that symptom subsides or whatever it is. You know, some things you deal with where you think far too long. 
Well, some things don't move real quick because your faith has to be built in that. But as long as you don't quit, God keeps you in perfect peace because you're, you're, you know, you consider not how you feel. That's, that's on the consider not list. We're not going to think about that today. We're going to think about what God has done and what he says. Now receive your healing. Amen. And just receive it in the name of Jesus. And that healing comes into your body and begins to drive out disease. It has nothing to do with how you feel, what the test results show. But but God, you're, you are healed. You got the seed of healing in you, so just feed it and let it grow. Amen. Let it grow and take over. Amen. So he will keep him in perfect peace when you keep your mind stayed on God's word. That's what stayed on Jesus means. Amen. So Isaiah 48, 22 said there's no peace for the wicked. So the devil's going to always try to stir up trouble. He's going to always, he's not a peaceful spirit. He may come to you sly and slick and telling you all kinds of good stuff, but he's not a peaceful spirit. God's spirit is far from the wicked. Amen. It's far from them. Far from them. John 16:33 In Christ we have peace. He says, "Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me." Cuz Jesus has paid the price for that peace. Bless you. Romans 8, 6 says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So you keep your mind on the things of God. Keep your mind on the things of the Spirit. Forget thinking about fear and doubt and, you know, what's not going to happen. You know, you trust God. It will happen. It'll get here on time. (laughs) Nothing missing. Nothing broken, broken. On schedule. Under budget. Amen. So it'll be able to, to get into your your uh, possession <clears throat> amen first corinthians 14:33 it says god is not the author of confusion but of peace so if you got confusion in your life he didn't bring that but he can eliminate it he can get rid of it for you amen sometimes we don't know which way to go the right move to make if if you make any move my suggestion is just don't do anything until you hear from god you know what I'm saying? Just keep pressing in, keep petitioning him, keep getting understanding from him, and, and then you can make the right move. The devil wants you to think you only have a certain amount of time to do stuff. You know, you better hurry up because, you know, oh, God, he ain't going to wait for you. You know, like, what are you, chopped liver? You know what I'm saying? God will wait for you. He'll help you. He'll, You know, God is not in a hurry for anything. huh? It's your life. He's in heaven and it's all good when he is. You know what I'm saying? You don't want what, you know, God had to help. But but hang on to God's peace when he gives it to you. Just hang on to it. Sometimes we think something else has happened to disturb our peace, but we just walk away from it. You get your mind, you get distracted and let the enemy pull you away from it. But always bring yourself back to the place of peace. So really, uh, confusion really is the opposite of peace. God will clear up every confusion. He'll make every crooked place straight. He'll make you sure-footed. You will be certain about what you're doing. You don't have to be in doubt and in fear. Should I do this? And should I do that? Or if I do this, what's going to happen? If I do that, what's going to happen? God will give you assurances about things. 
And if you make a mistake, guess what? He can help you correct it. He'll correct it for you. It's A mistake is not a big deal to him. He took care of that at the cross. All your mistakes were nailed to the cross. And they're not a factor anymore. If God killed them, let them stay dead. Amen. Just don't keep digging stuff up again. Let it stay dead. Amen. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, he nailed your sin there. Your troubles, your problems, everything that can go wrong. That was killed with him and buried. Amen. So it's not to be raised up anymore. When he came up out that grave, he was a totally different person. You got me? The only thing that was on him was the scars. That's evidence that you got what you need for your life. Amen. His scars. And he will always have those. Amen. Those are covenant scars. And they're to show that he paid the price for whatever you need. You want peace of mind? That's yours. Well, healing? That's yours. Whatever you need. You need something that, you know, need to be taken care of. You need a friend. I needed a friend bad when I got saved. Amen. Jesus was, and still is my best friend. Amen. He won't kick you to the curb. So you can't, don't, don't imagine doing anything that will cause him to disown you or to disavow you. He will always stick up for you. Amen. You just, you know, he's not one of those that, you know, like it, a lot of times you, if you're in a family with siblings, you know, you, sometimes a younger kid likes that you got a lot of bunch of older brothers, you know, and you like to pick at people. I go get my brother on you. And see, brother get tired of getting whooped out there in the streets for you. And he tell you, so, oh, I ain't going out there this time. You on your own. Amen. Well, God won't do that to you. I don't care how many people you pick at, how many t- much trouble you get into, how many times you got to come back to God and say, God, you know what? I got ahead of you again. Huh? That's a lot of our problem is getting ahead of him and not staying peaceful until he brings us, you know, the Bible says that blessings come to you and overtake you. You don't have to go chase them. Amen. You don't have to go chase anything. Just just pursue God and see and cooperate with him and see what he has for you. His good things for you. Amen. Colossians 1.20, it says we have been made peace. Let me read that to you because I like that scripture. I like them all, but I'm going to read this one to you. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. Amen. This is how it, this is how we got born again. God, through Jesus Christ, made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. He's reconciled all things unto himself. Things on earth, things in heaven. Everything's reconciled to God. Which means that God is satisfied. You don't owe anything on what he wants to do for you. Amen. Reconcile means your debts have been canceled. Your sin has been blotted out not to be remembered anymore. Amen. I like the, I was really meditating on that song yesterday. Who is that? Oh, Marvin Sapp. Because, I, you know, I know a lot of his music. I hear it a little bit. But, you know, I, I, music, I go and I come and I go and come and go. But sometimes I'll, I'll start to notice some things that God is releasing to minstrels and psalmists, you know. And this is a good season for um, 
the reality of life in Christ is what I think. A lot of it has to do with the holiness of God. Now it's going to deal with the holiness of his people. We are holy as well. Amen. And and so some of the songs about uh, forgiveness, you know, it doesn't matter what I did. He's still mine and I'm still his. Amen. Those, those are precious words because in your day-to-day stuff that you do, you forget that. As you can walk through life feeling like an orphan, a nothing and a nobody, nobody cares, nobody. Can you find that one for me, Miss Tanya? We shall play a song. It really is a very moving song, but... Uh, you know, I've said that, preached this for years. The main reason, the main problem with the body of Christ is we don't know we're forgiven. And don't know how to stay out of condemnation. We don't know how to stay out of mental trouble and entanglements and feeling worthless. And hey, why? Because we've grown up in an atmosphere where nobody's ever imparted to us the spirit of God and, and a good sense of who we are and, and all of that kind of stuff. We just haven't grown up with that. I did to a degree. It wasn't as strong as it could have been. But but to a large degree, look at all the people that don't believe there's a God and doing all this sinful lifestyle and stuff like that. People do some of anything and everything. And they're so depraved and it's because they've been stripped of their dignity as human beings. Amen. Okay, you got it? He saw the best in me when everyone else around can only see the worst in me. Can I tell y'all one more time, one more time? I said he saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. I wish I had a witness tonight. All I need is one. Hey, he saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yeah. Everyone else oh, oh, around me. see only see the worst in me. Does anybody have that testimony? When fuck walked you off, said you would never make it, what did he see? He saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yeah. Oh. Can I tell y'all one more thing? I just need to tell you one more thing. Listen to this. See, he's mine, and I am his. It doesn't matter what I did. He only sees me for who I am. Does anybody know that tonight? And I am here Said it doesn't matter what I did See, he only sees me
wish I had a witness tonight. Can I ask y'all one question? The question is simply this. What did he see? He saw the best. I can't get no help of it here. Because there are some folk in here that people have wrote you off. Said you would never amount to anything. Said that you would never end up being anywhere. But Myron, tell him one more time. What did he see? He saw the best. When mama said you would never be nothing. When aunties and uncles said that you would never amount to anything. When daddy didn't come home anymore. He didn't look at you and say that you weren't going to make it. God looked at you and what did he see? What did he see? He saw the best. The best. He saw the best. He saw the best. 